everybody. How's it going? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Stags Sports Wrap Podcast. JJ Duke here with Drew Kingsley. Drew, this episode is actually going to be all tournament based as now it's come to that time of the year that everything from this point forward is going to be all postseason. Regular season is out the window. It feels like it's been a sprint to the finish. Well, can we say almost we've broken the finish line and now we're just going into extended time? Yeah, we're playing a little overtime, and unlike when we're working some of these games, we hope to be playing a lot of overtime the next couple of weeks. Well, it seems like it could be that way, and for a handful of teams, it was that extended overtime period as we start with a team that made it to the NCAA tournament. That would be Fairfield Women's Lacrosse after, as you all know, you listened to our last show last week where the Stags knocked off Siena in the MAC Championship Final uh, the Fairfield traveled up to the NCAA tournament's overall number four seed in the Boston College. And now when you look at BC women's lacrosse, and for those that may not be familiar with kind of how the landscape works in that sport, BC is a team that leading up to this tournament in the previous three national championship tournaments, they got to the national championship game in all three of those tournaments. So, you know, outsider's perspective you probably say for Fairfield it was already going to be an uphill battle for them obviously a number of those players that were on those BC teams you take the likes of a Sam Apuzo a Dempsey um, Arsenal in there you got Kenzie Kent they're all gone but that doesn't mean that they just didn't you know wait for reloading they reloaded right from the jump they brought in a stud in Charlotte North so you'd say well Fairfield could they hang in for a bit of time and they did uh, it was a competitive game for, I'd like to say, the first half of the first half. Now, granted, you see the scoreline says 19-6 to six as a final, but there's a lot of things that you can dive into those numbers. And, Drew, before I get into those numbers, you were on site for that game. I don't think there's really any reason for those Fairfield players to be walking off the field with their heads hung in that situation. You could pretty much keep them high knowing that, yeah, tough game, but you gave BC a little bit of a run for their money early on, especially. Oh yeah. I think that the stags really gave BC, as you said, in the early going all that they could handle, especially if you watch Fairfield on the defensive side of the ball, they were creating ground balls. They were causing turnovers. They were really making BC work. Uh, part of the problem is when you make Charlotte North work, she's going to hit a behind the back shot, what she did. She's going to hit a turnaround jump shot, what she did. She's going to absolutely whistle an eight meter shot, which she did. And uh, they have other great players too, by the way, but Charlotte North is certainly the one who is in the spotlight. But yeah, the Stags really did all they could, particularly on the defensive end. They got some chances in transition. It just came down to Boston College, as you highlighted, is annually is a very good team. And this may be the best one of that bunch they as as we're recording they are up 21 11 nearing the end of their game against temple in the second round uh ms north has uh built a snowman she's hung eight goals on the owls so yeah it was an uphill battle but yeah this team i talked to coach field right after the game she's incredibly proud of what they did on friday she's proud of what they've done all season um she's proud of what they've done for the last four years five years for some of them and really, yeah, the Stags, um, job well done from day one all the way through Friday. Uh, can we dare to say, by the way, that Charlotte North is the Tawaratan Award winner-elect at this point? I, I find a very hard argument against her. I'll call her the favorite. I don't want to be on the record one way or the other. 
I am going bold winner elect. But no, I mean, you, you do look at it. So you talk about her and then the rest of the attacking unit. What Fairfield did specifically, I want to say setting the tone in the first five minutes, you had Maggie Reynolds, a couple of key cause turnovers. You had Caroline Mangan doing what she usually does, which is just making things happen. Um, when you look even deeper into this, some of those numbers, Fairfield won the turnover battle, which didn't happen at all this season. Ground ball game they won. They actually made Charlotte North work a little bit on the draw control. It wasn't, I mean, she did win 10 of them on her own, but it wasn't as easy as she has had it on some other days. Sure, there could have been some moments that could have changed the game if Fairfield took advantage of them. Rachel Hall comes up with two point-blank saves in the first 15 minutes that could have actually altered the game a little bit more slightly. Uh, Turnovers in transition after caused turnovers defensively made, that kind of hurt a little bit. Livia Conquest, you have to understand going in, probably not seen, and this is not a knock against the Mac, but not seen attackers of that caliber all season long good luck to anybody trying to stop some of those shots um but she probably will say that it wasn't her best performance in the cage but in the grand scheme of things you look at how fairfield gone about their season hadn't seen anybody outside of mac play up until this point the speed that bc plays at is something that is not seen granted the league has the mac league mind you has gotten so much stronger over the last few seasons that it's a much closer bar than it has been in the past um But yeah, I think Fairfield, they can truly walk off that field with belief that it was better than it has been in the past couple of seasons. Megan Graham goes off in a high note with two goals and one assist. Deanna DeVita, same thing with a goal and two assists. Um, Yeah, and you mentioned how Coach Field mentioned to you, and she made it known in her postgame comments that what this senior class has done, winning a MAC title in all three completed seasons – has elevated this program. And I think you know, people know about Fairfield women's across being solid in the Mac, but I think what they've done now is made it solid in the region to potentially being one rung away from competing with some of those top 20 teams. Yeah. I'll tell you, this may sound a little backwards, but one of the more encouraging things that coach field said was that they were disappointed by how the game went. The reason being is they were up at BC to compete. They were up there to win. And that's the mentality that winning teams have. You don't look at the records. You don't look at the national rankings. When you go in there, you just look at we're a college lacrosse team. They're a college lacrosse team. And when we step on the field, we expect to play well and we expect to win. And that's the standard that's been set. And that's how you win three Mac championships in a row. That's how you make it a trend to be at least in that Mac championship game every year, every year since 2017, that there's been a Mac championship tournament, the Stags have been in that final game. So they are, they're, they're really building something over there at Rafferty stadium. And I'm, I'm already excited to see what we, what comes on the field next year. I echo that as well. And again, congratulations. We always say this uh, throughout this show, but uh, to the senior class for finishing, not only just finishing the season as a whole, never going to take that for granted anymore, but getting themselves to the NCAA tournament. So well done to that group. Uh, another team that got themselves to a championship weekend, this being in the MAC championship weekend, being Fairfield softball. Now uh, they swept Siena, as you all know from last week's show, in a best of three series at home. Uh, then Fairfield traveled up to Buffalo to compete in the 
Then the second part of the championship weekend, a four-team double elimination bracket. Now the Stags are the second highest remaining seed in the competition after the quarterfinal stage. They drew the tournament's sixth seed in Manhattan, who knocked off the number three seed Iona New Rochelle last week in three games. Um, the first game of championship weekend, Stags lost 2-0 as the Jaspers were backed by Nicole Williams' 13 strikeout performance in the circle. A couple of late runs for the Jaspers got them over the line. Fairfield had a glorious opportunity in that game. Second inning, Lacey Olaf hits a leadoff triple to right, uh, but Williams stranded her on base, and Fairfield never were allowed a chance to get into the game. So that dropped Fairfield down into the elimination bracket on Friday, faced the tournament's second seed, also the host of that championship weekend being Canisius, who lost to Maris on Thursday. After four scoreless innings, Fairfield got on the board with a two-run double from Caitlin Hoffman, which on another day may have been enough for Stags ace Katie Kudlasik. But on Friday, unfortunately, just wasn't to be. Canisius got some home cooking late, uh, scored a run the fifth, loaded the bases in the seventh with no out. And then with Bailey Taylor brought on to relieve Kudlasik, she walked in the tying run, and then the Griffs walked it off one batter later. Now, Drew, kind of the takeaways from this before the negatives, um, the positive was that Fairfield's pitching throughout the entire tournament was outstanding. You take the quarterfinal round, the championship weekend, Stag's pitching allowed just seven total runs in four games. So if you're keeping your opponents to less than two runs on average per game, you're doing enough to keep in the game. Unfortunately, Fairfield just ran into some really hot pitchers at the worst time possible. Yeah, that field, and I think this is going to echo what we're going to talk about with baseball in a little bit, but that field was just uh, throw the seeds out the window. Uh, we've talked about Marist and other sports and you know the unfortunate circumstances that have sort of led to them being lower ranked than maybe they would have been in a full season. Um, the Stags ran into Manhattan with Nicole Williams, who ends up being the tournament MVP, uh, bookending a great career for her. I just looked up. She was the Mac Rookie of the Year way back in 2017. And now here in 2021, she's the most outstanding player of the tournament. And then, of course, you have Canisius, a perennial contender, the two seed and the host of this weekend. So, yeah, it was just it was a tough tournament and Fairfield was right there with them. But somebody's going to go 0-2 in these double elimination tournaments, and it ends up being the Stags in a field where it really could have been anyone on any given day winning the thing, being the 0-2 team, and everything in between. By the way, for Williams for a second, who we will tip our caps to, 23 innings in Buffalo, which included a nine-inning win in the winner's bracket final against Maris, allowing three earned runs in 23 innings struck out 28 batters and had a weekend whip of just over one. If someone does that, I remember it was back in 2016, Jane Oberdorf from Marist similar scenario, basically just locked in over three games. Same thing. Got the job done. Williams who had to get through Iona the week before that had three major award winners on their team. I mean, you know, just a, a team can get hot at the right time. Manhattan did it. Fair play to them. First time that they're dancing in over 20 years, which is actually awesome. And Tom Pardalis is a really good guy as well, the head coach there. So a uh, good shout to them. Now, you know, unfortunately for Fairfield, just the problem that we said, tough pitching, Stags didn't take their chances. And I don't think it, it's kind of an unknown secret that Fairfield has been hampered by not cashing in at the moments that are most needed. You look at that game against Manhattan where Lacey Olaf gets a leadoff triple. She gets stranded at third. Fairfield had runners on second and third twice 
early innings against Canisius, didn't bring him in. That unfortunately is not a recipe for success. But when you look at the bigger picture, yeah, not a great weekend here, but the majority of the roster is coming back next year. And it's scheduled, again, not official, but it's scheduled that every inning pitched for Fairfield will be returning next season, including Lauren Reinhardt. So you have to like your odds if you're Julie Brzezinski, knowing that basically everybody just matured a year. You have your freshmen that basically played league games, so that's all that they know. Your sophomores who didn't play league games as freshmen now got to experience that true, I guess you could say, season combined into two years. Things could be on the up and up for Fairfield softball. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's two sides of the coin. When you talk about missing some opportunities, which the Stags did over the weekend, you're also talking about how close they were to breaking through. And if you watch this team, they know, as I said before, on a, on a different day, they could have got that key hit. You, you could get lucky. You could get a lucky bounce and have there be an error. You could run into a pitcher who is not as on fire as Williams was through the weekend. So yeah, this team, it's a disappointing end when you're coming right off it. But I think when we look back on this season, we're going to see a lot of progress that we'll be talking about again in February and March when the softball season gets rolling again. Yeah, so congratulations to the players of that team for getting to the championship weekend, because again, the only way to win a title is to make sure you're putting yourself in that position. Fairfield did exactly that. Uh, Fairfield women's rowing competed at the Mac championship event down in South Jersey on Sunday morning. Uh, unofficially when we are recording, uh, they were announced as finishing fourth overall of nine teams. Now uh, Fairfield did have some bright moments. The Stags varsity four boat finished third in the grand final uh, with a time of eight minutes, 30.97 seconds. The second varsity eight boat. And this was a group actually that when I talked to the director of rowing, Dave Patterson on a previous Stag sports network podcast, he did say that this boat has actually been outstanding and they've been pushing uh, the first varsity eight boat all year long. Second varsity eight finishes fourth in the grand final. Uh, Fairfield were tripped up at the first varsity eight. They got dropped down to the petite final. And for those like myself who are not so familiar with rowing terms, the grand final is the A final race and the petite final is the B race. Fairfield did win the B race in the varsity eights, which meant it was good enough for them again at the time we recorded uh, to finish in fourth place, which is kind of exactly about where Fairfield has been finishing over the past few years. It is an improvement from their 2019 finish. Um, so, yeah, you know, got down their job. I don't want to say job done, but it looks like the trend is now going back up. And when you take everything into perspective, Drew, especially with their new training facility, which looks outstanding, by the way, I can't wait to actually go see it in person myself. Um, this is a group that they could very well be back on the rise. Yeah, when you talk about you know 20 different varsity sports, as we do over the course of a year, you're talking about teams that are in different, in different places of their growth, of their progression. And right now what you highlighted is a big jump from their finish to last time they were down for the MAC championship to this year. And that's, you're checking those boxes, as I like to say. You're, you, know, you want to improve, you would like to meddle in something and they've done that. And as you said, a facility like that new training center that they can call home to have their own dedicated space can only help, as we've seen with some other sports that have uh, had facility improvements that have really been linked directly to some recent success. 
Absolutely. Um, and well done to that group uh, for finishing as well as they did this weekend. Now, uh, the one team that you were probably wondering, when are we going to talk about Fairfield baseball? When is Fairfield baseball going to be brought up? Well, ironically enough, in the final week before the end of the regular season, Fairfield baseball had a scheduled off week, not due to any other reasons. They were scheduled to be off this week, which unfortunately for head coach Bill Courier doesn't exactly come at the right time, especially how hot Fairfield baseball has been all season long, but it did actually get a chance for us, myself specifically, to sit down with uh, standout shortstop Justin Guerrero to talk about the season from his perspective, um, what the team had basically been doing in this off week to try and keep themselves ready for the postseason, And also for anyone who hasn't fully gotten on the wagon um, as Fairfield baseball heads to the postseason, wait until the end of my chat with him over zoom earlier this week to hear his sort of elevator pitch, if you will, um, if you need any more convincing. So here's my conversation with Justin Guerrero. Justin, we're coming off of a road trip last weekend where you guys went out to Niagara and took that series. And I'm curious for your perspective, it was a true road trip the first time that Fairfield baseball had actually traveled out to a location, stayed at that location for a couple of days and played a very good Niagara baseball team. How much confidence do you guys take away from that winning a series against a team that could very well be there with you all at the end? Yeah. I'm um, taking four games from Niagara. You know, like you said, they're a very good team and, uh, being able to take four games from them, it's a definitely a confidence boost. Um, you know, we dropped that game against Siena, which is a game I think we should have won. But um, winning against Niagara just helps prove to us and also prove to the rest of the league that we are a legit team and we're ready to compete against anybody in the MAC. And looking now kind of at it's weird to say retrospectively of this season because obviously we're just waiting for the postseason to begin. But as this year has grown, even though it's only seems like it's a couple of weeks ago, but in fact, you guys have been playing for seven or eight weeks now. Um, how much do you see this team kind of building? Like, where do you think it has gone from day one to now where we are, despite the fact that you guys are on only one loss in 30 some odd games this season? Yeah, I think uh, the first weekend, you know, we played really well opening weekend and obviously we played well for a consecutive amount of weeks, but I think we were kind of, I wouldn't say surprised at how well we were playing because we knew we were a good team, but we were kind of uh, waiting for the the wins to keep rolling in. And then we didn't really think we were going to lose. Um, obviously baseball is the way baseball is. You're notoriously going to lose a game or two, but um, I think as the season's grown, we've grown as a program and we've really just, our confidence levels have increased and really just, we have been able to prove to ourselves that we're a really good team and we're definitely one of the best teams in Northeast, maybe even on the East coast. Yeah, in some of the previous shows I've asked, especially your pitchers, how comfortable it has been for them seeing the offense, you know, put up the numbers that they've had. And obviously it gives them a, a lot of comfort. And obviously when you get run support, the job becomes a little bit easier. But now on the offensive side of things, either it's you personally or players one through nine, how good is it knowing that you're starting pitching, your bullpen has literally thrown zeros after zeros all year all you guys have to do, even though you haven't just needed to scratch out a run or two, has happened a couple of times, but knowing that the bats, it's okay to go big. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, an honor to have those pitchers just get out there and really throw zeros up on the scoreboard. Um, even if we're not hitting in a couple innings or maybe we have a game or two where we're not swinging so well, it's nice knowing that our pitchers are going to shut down the opposing offense for us and give us time to score the runs that we need to win those games. 
Now, obviously, we're talking a couple of days before the airing of this episode, but Fairfield baseball have kind of an odd off weekend before the playoffs begin. So what is this week looking like for you guys? How much scoreboard watching are you going to be doing to see maybe who could the potential matchups be like? It is kind of a weird circumstance, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely a little odd, you know, knowing we're not playing this weekend going into the tournament, but um, we're going to be able to scrimmage uh, against ourselves and definitely get some live reads out there against our own pitching. Um, but I think it's, it's a good weekend for us to kind of recover and get our minds and get our bodies ready for the, the battle we have coming up in this tournament because it's not going to be easy. We're still playing a lot of games in a short amount of time, so it's definitely a good time for us to recover and get our minds and body ready. Definitely has to be nice now knowing that as long as Fairfield baseball is in postseason action in the MAC, you don't have to leave your own facility, right? Correct. Yeah, it's definitely going to be fun playing back in the Stag Dome, staying there, and just knowing that everybody has come to us to a place where we've only lost one game this whole season. And for people that might not know, and it's crazy to say this, that people might not know about Fairfield baseball, the 2021 version. Uh, whether you're just coming on to the wagon or maybe you're a little hesitant at the moment, you know, what would you say to those people that are thinking, yeah, you know what, this is a team that I might want to back in the months of May and June? Yeah, to, uh, to those people, I just say that I think we're a really good team. I think we're going to compete against those big time schools. You know, um, obviously, those programs are great programs with a lot of rich history, um, but we're the new guys on the block. And I think we're going to compete and do the best we can to make games interesting in the tournaments coming up. And I think also you guys have a couple degrees in fun and launching homers as well. I think that's something that people would love to see, right? That's right. I think people are going to love to see that, especially in those uh, that MAC tournament and maybe even in that regional. When Drew and I are recording this show in the middle of a Sunday afternoon, it is the current understanding that Fairfield are going to be hosting Manhattan in this week's quarterfinal best of three series. It's the same format that we saw for softball. There'll be four best of three quarterfinal matchups, one versus eight, two versus seven, so on and so forth. The winner of those will go to the highest remaining seed after the quarterfinals for a four-team double elimination championship tournament. But Drew, you and I were talking about this before the show. This, it always seems that Mac baseball is tight, but my goodness, we could be set up for some great matchups, especially that Monmouth-Siena potential series. We saw Siena just a couple of weeks ago. That could be a showdown amongst a bunch of aces. Yeah, you have these quarterfinals are short series. They're best two out of three, which makes that first game huge. It's really, if you if your uh, mindset is sort of the best of seven series. So pretend this series is starting at two, two and both team is going to run the race out there for game five. That's sort of where you're at. And yeah, that Monmouth Siena series and really up and down the line, you're talking about, it's going to be eight teams that can win this thing starting into the quarterfinal, which means certainly when you narrow that field to four, you're definitely talking about four teams that can win this thing. They've all got a few arms. They've all got the bats and it's going to be a really exciting week of baseball. I think, uh, some folks who are more on the outside and just of what Fairfield baseball is doing are might be thinking about a cakewalk. I, that's not going to be the case for this tournament. You're talking about some very good teams and you're going to be talking about some very good baseball over the course of this tournament. You're probably going to need to win a game with pitching. You're probably going to need to beat somebody's ace. You're probably going to need to get a little lucky and you're probably going to need to outslug somebody in a 10, 9, 11, 8 type game. So whoever comes out of this tournament with that trophy is really going to play the best in all facets and over an extended period of time. And look, look, see what has happened in terms of previous MAC champions. 
in the NCAA tournament, this league competes well in a four-team regional. Quinnipiac were about five outs away from getting to a regional final in 2019. Quinnipiac aren't even making the tournament this year. That's just how good this league is. And yeah, buckle up because this is going to be fun. <laughs> I mean, as a obviously, I'm going to be working that best of three matchup as a broadcaster, but as a fan, I cannot wait to watch this thing unfold because there's a lot of good baseball. A lot of people are going to have some eyes on this. And I know I'm hearing the same sentiments across the board. So Drew, the series starts on Thursday. Make sure to check fairfieldstags.com for start times and streaming locations for this best of three quarterfinal series. And um, yeah, now it's to you over. Love this segment. I don't actually have an upcoming schedule because that was the upcoming schedule. Uh, So hit us with some final thoughts of this week. Well, as has become tradition, I'll give a shout out this week. And it's a, it's a bittersweet one for everybody over in the Walsh Athletic Center and everybody in Fairfield Athletics. And that's a, a shout out to Patrick Sellers, the new head men's basketball coach at Central Connecticut State. Um, best thing I can say about Pat is when everybody heard the news, and you know how these things go. It was a, it's a poorly kept secret for about a week before it gets announced. That's just how college basketball works. As everybody started to hear the news, they all had the same reaction excited then a little bit disappointed that pat's not going to be around anymore then excited again because he's such a great guy he's a very good coach he certainly earned this opportunity uh grinding as an assistant coach for so many years and uh myself everybody at fairfield is just going to be cheering for coach sellers and the blue devils at least for as long as they don't show up on our fairfield stags men's basketball schedule yeah i was about to say gonna wish him the best of luck in the world until they play the Stags. If there was a tie in basketball, I'd say let's go for that. But um, yeah, no, that's awesome. You, you love to see coaches. Obviously, Jay Young is a perfect example. Someone that puts in the miles and gets rewarded with a D1 head coaching job. So congrats to Coach Sellers. And I agree, can't wait to see what he does up in New Britain for years to come. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Stags Sports Wrap Podcast. Again, stay tuned with us on all of our social media channels, as well as fairfieldstags.com. And of course, you can check us out on the Stags Sports Net on Twitter. So for Drew, I'm JJ signing off. We'll talk to you all soon. Until then, go Stags.